Hello everyone and welcome to the Be Light, Shine Bright podcast. My name is Pakala Kiara and I'll be your host. Here we discuss life and how the different facets of it can influence our mental health. We will talk about therapy, interventions, mental health and life experiences. Remember, if you like it, feel free to give us a share and invite your friends and loved ones to listen. In today's episode, I wanted to cover a little about self-organization and hobbies. To live a happy life, I think you have to find things and activities that bring you joy. Some people like to call these hobbies. I like to call them passions, hobbies, activities. There are, however, people out there who don't have a hobby, do not follow their passions, and actually cannot bring to mind anything that brings them joy. To me, this is quite sad. However, something else that I see that is also quite common is that people do have hobbies and interests or passions but they struggle with balancing their time or finding the time to do these things. And yet more other people also find that when they participate in things that bring them joy or their hobbies, they struggle with a feeling of guilt that they should be doing something else or completing tasks that are more pertinent to their job, um, their family, other things like that. I know that mums in particular struggle with finding and doing things that bring them joy. So aside from talking about finding the perfect hobby or finding an activity that sparks joy and interest and passion in you, I wanted to talk about alleviating those feelings of guilt and um, using your organizational skills to maximize on the time you spend doing all activities, not just the hobbies and ones that you like or the things that you have to do. Now, some people find the concept of hobbies or doing things that spark joy in you a little bit naff or uh, namby-pamby it's not important, it's just, you know, something that people who are a soft touch do. I do not agree with this view. I feel as though hobbies are very important for good mental health. Um, and these can be hobbies that you enjoy doing alone and individually, or hobbies that you partake in with other people. Hobbies can be things like sport, um, that you play in a team. This can meet your social need, but also meet your need for fitness and also meet your need for a hobby. Uh, Hobbies can be things that spark creativity. Uh, For me, I like to do crochet. Uh, My sister likes to paint and do art. Luckily for her, she has um, brought this interest into her daily life and her job. And not only does she do things like graphic design and things like that, but she also uh, participates in art programs with children. 
I think it's extremely beneficial if you can weave a passion into your work life. And if you haven't, then it's probably more important for you to uh, find time to do things that bring you joy if you're not getting this need met in your everyday work life. As I said before, uh, hobbies don't have to be things that people typically think of when you hear the word hobby, like crafts. They can be things like sport, as I mentioned before, gardening, uh, interests, they can be collecting items, uh, even watching movies or reading a book. An ideal hobby would embrace an interest but also bring a feeling of happiness and relaxation to your day. For some people, the thought of fitting one more thing into their day can seem quite stressful. Uh, A lot of people struggle with time management or finding the time to fit things in. Sometimes a hobby might not feel like it is contributing to relaxation when you've got to schedule it or find the time to shove it into your day. This is a short interruption to let you know that if you or a loved one is experiencing difficulty or is in need of more support, you can find me at maramacounseling.com. Be sure to check out the audio resources page also where you'll have access to a number of free resources that will help you to feel relaxed. Be sure to take advantage of my 20-minute free initial session. I am also on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Can't wait to work with you. A concept that I've learned about uh, at uni but also um, just in my self-help interest of reading things uh, and reading literature is uh, time blocking or time chunking. I've heard it called both but I find it to be a valuable practice that can help to alleviate feelings of guilt or stress. Time chunking is particularly useful for busy individuals who are struggling to fit all the things that they have to do into their day. Um, Some people like to implement this uh, visually. I myself find this very useful when I am participating in a job that has set hours or something like university where I cannot change um, some of the things that are on my timetable. To do this, I usually print up a big timetable. So I create a table on Word or any other program that you use on the computer. I have a column for each day of the week. And then I divide my um, days up into hourly rows. I can then code each um, hour with an activity by choosing a specific color to suit that activity. So one subject at university might be purple, another might be red. Um, When I am doing up this timetable, I like to put in all the things that are immovable and cannot be changed. So these would be things like work hours or university hours, lecture times, um, tutorial times, things like that. 
After I have put in everything that cannot be moved or changed, I then look at what's left and how I can um, best utilize my time. As I have children, I usually um, put in the times that I would have to travel and use to pick up my son from school or drop him off um, or the times that I know my smaller ones may be awake or asleep. So I just mark those in as well so I'm not forgetting those tasks that I have to do on behalf of them. Um, other things I like to schedule in is exercise. That's one of my hobbies. Uh, it's something that I enjoy. It's something that brings me uh, relaxation and uh, happiness. So I schedule in any exercise classes that I may have booked in for or um, any times where I think might be suitable for me to attend the gym this week. Now it's really great if you want to print out a version of this that has the immovable times um, on it. Once it is printed, you can get it um, laminated as well. So usually I like to print mine in quite a big size, perhaps A3 as somewhere like Officeworks and then get it laminated. Um, and then I can write on there with uh, whiteboard markers on the laminate. So that can be cleared off at the end of every week. And my, all my permanent stuff still stays there. So it's not a lot of work every week because I don't have to put up those immovable things all the time. I'm a very visual person, so I like to color code my things. So um, I color code different university classes when I was at uni. Um, I use a different color for different people. So if I'm having to do things for different children, I will code them in a color. Um, you can write the actual thing on there as well, rather than just coloring in the square. So you're remembering what you're having to do also. So the use of something like this, uh, once you've written all the different things that you have to do, either that are immovable things for you like work or things that you are having to do for other people, um, that can't be changed, you can then start to see where your time is free to add in those uh, hobbies. So you can really visualize where you can utilize the time that you have left. Um, for me, it's, you know, when my babies are asleep, I like to schedule in some work catch-up things to do. I can record podcasts like these or, you know, chill out, um, do something that I enjoy. Now the use of this kind of tool is really uh, twofold or has many purposes. Not only can you organize yourself and see where things fit and use them as reminders for appointments and other things. Once you have written this thing and prescribed set times for things and tasks that you're going to do, you can then employ what I call time blocking or time chunking. Because you have already mapped out your time, you really don't have to then feel guilty that you should be doing something else because you already know that you've made time for that within your week. So you don't have to feel guilty when you are exercising or gardening because you know you have already scheduled in times where you should be studying or times where you have to attend your job or university and things like this. So it really helps you to alleviate that stress, um, which is kind of needless because um, 
once you get a bigger picture of what you are capable of and what each day holds, there's no need to be sitting there and guilting yourself constantly about how you use your time. Now, it might sound like a bit of work, but for the amount of stress that it gets rid of, I actually think it's quite worth it and it's actually not that much work at all. Maybe setting up the initial table is, but filling it out, it can be done at the start of a week. Uh, when you get an appointment each time you schedule something, you just fill it in. I like to stick mine up on the wall. Uh, mine used to sit on my pin board. Um, you can also buy preset um, templates from places. I've seen a few ads on Instagram and Facebook for places that sell um, actual like really nice uh, schedules. I also have seen some at Officeworks recently. Now I mentioned before that it is my personal opinion that people participating in hobbies, activities and interests that they find meaningful is um, really healthy for them. It can also help you to shape your therapeutic goals. So if you're attending therapy with someone like me or anybody else, using your interests to tailor how therapy is delivered can be really useful um, and really engaging for you. So um, if something's not working for you at your therapist or whoever you're working with to better your health, feel free to let them know something that really interests you and you'll be surprised at how many different ways this can be integrated into your therapy relationship. Now, in a few weeks, I'm hoping to have a guest on where we're going to discuss um, different hobbies and what she finds useful in keeping herself balanced and her, her esteem and things like that um, built up through her hobbies. So that will be a really interesting episode. Um, for now, I really hope that you enjoyed my little um spiel about hobbies and my take on time chunking and time blocking. I hope that if you implement this tool you find it helpful. Um, it is something that was really really invaluable for me and I actually now that I'm thinking about it I think it was first introduced to me over 10 years ago um, during my first degree at university with the academic advisor. And I remember this academic advisor made it very clear that my timetable was not to be full of things that I had to do, but I must also schedule things that I enjoyed doing and I must also put in things for myself and social times um, to reward myself almost. So I didn't feel overwhelmed with the amount of university work I had to do or the other things that I felt like I must do, but that I could also see the different activities that I had planned for myself that I had to look forward to. Remember, a balanced life is one that includes all facets of your life, be that your work life, time with friends, your family life, and other things like hobbies. This concludes this episode of 
the Be Light, Shine Bright podcast from Marama Counseling. I'm Pakala Kiara and I hope you enjoyed listening today. Keep your eyes peeled and your ears ready for more episodes in the future. And remember, be light, shine bright. Until next time.